Hello, everyone. You're listening to What's Your Number? The chronicles of two well-traveled women as told through sexual experiences. I'm Olivia, and I'm in Barcelona. And I'm Mariah, recording from Austin, Texas. And this is the podcast where we tell each other the story of every person we've ever slept with, starting with number one. Today we're talking about number eight, and um, yeah, just wanted to say thanks to everybody who's been listening through the first seven episodes. Um, we recorded those all in a batch, and we haven't recorded for a while, but here we are. Yeah, it feels good to be back in the booth. <laughs> or back in the folding chair in my bedroom <laughs> using a stool as a table. <laughs> Whatever yes, it may back be. In the, <laughs> it's good to be back just sort of leaning at this uncomfortable <laughs> angle towards my microphone as <sighs> I hover over a keyboard. But yes, it's yeah. always good to be in the booth with you, Mariah. You too, Olivia. This is uh, We were actually just saying among the two of us, it's just kind of nervous because haven't recorded in a minute. And, you know, I feel like recording like brings up all these like kind of feelings of like just... I don't know. It's I feel like our our past recording sessions have at times felt like that nightmare where um you like forget <laughs> something important but you don't realize and it's like you can't fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to school, there's a big test and you're naked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um mostly yeah, just because steady. we would like we just had some recording issues last time, but now we're 30 years old. Both of us, we're very mature. That's right. We yeah. have our shit together yeah, now. New decade. Yeah, exactly. I've got a pop filter, and everything's gonna change now. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it is kind of crazy actually because um, I forget where you're at, and I'm excited to have a quick recap. Um, but I, in my uh, number eight, I'm actually twenty. So it's like holy shit! What, right, that was ten fucking years ago. Wow, that is nice and round. Nice yeah. round numbers there. Uh-huh. I just had that realization. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Where did we it last is. leave you? Um, I haven't I haven't listened to the most previous episode, um, but I'm curious, where did we last leave you? Catch me right. up to speed. So where was I? I um, had just arrived in Portland after having – gone home to lick my wounds um after big old breakup with number one and um right in the last episode we both had halloween hookups and so mine yeah. was with crocodile good old crocodile dundee and then he uh brought my bike to me out in portland where i have just freshly freshly arrived mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, we're now entering an era of your life that I particularly enjoy hearing about um <laughs> I don't know why it's just it's some funny moments about to happen um and yeah, yeah so freshly graduated super hipster <laughs> freshly graduated super hipster 
Yeah, I think where we left me, um, I was I had <laughs> yeah, I actually had to a, ask you that. <laughs> I had I had a hilarious time recapping this, honestly, because I was like, okay, uh, newly single, twenty years old, went to my first ever rave, quote unquote, and then I uh, came across a brown eyed boy in a dog costume. Decided to take him home with me, <laughs> and then quickly back back together with the love of my fucking life my on again currently off again who uh boyfriend who came to my house to tell me he was so in love with me only to find me in bed with another man spoiler alert we got back together (laughs) (laughs) how could you not love of your life oh my gosh i know a few people who are really hooked on the number five saga mariah oh okay all right interesting yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely, it's definitely not number five. <laughs> Sometimes I fantasize hey, about no like spoilers. him, him like coming across <laughs> this and and like being like, I don't know, I don't know what I would want his reaction to be, but anyway, I think we should send it to him. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. So in That's this me. in this episode, is this the exciting episode that I think it is for you? Um. What Maybe, but I'm hear? not sure how exciting it's really going to be. Okay. Yeah, what are we about but to hear from I guess you? we'll see. Um, right. So over here, um, I am just excited to be single again. Not again. For the first time since I <laughs> since puberty. <laughs> But I guess uh, what I mean to say is that I'm finally single and not hating it. Uh, you know, my heart is a little bit mended because now it's it's been about six months since my breakup with number one. And, you know, they say one month for every year you were together. So it's just need like one month and I'll be perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, somebody told me that it was like it was like one third of the time that you were together or something. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But <laughs> I don't know if seven months is enough to like fully get over your boyfriend of seven years, but I'm just throwing that um, out. Yeah, definitely not. But um, I am about to, I guess, get started on a really um, important pattern in my life, which I suppose I technically started at number seven with the last uh with number seven who was the official first flaco but um which is uh somebody who I met and had a casual thing with over the course of several years whenever we would run into each other and um yeah I'm about to there's another flaco coming down the chute so I guess mm, we'll see yeah he's all teed up and ready to <laughs> ready to rumble <laughs> We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think you should tell me about your about your number eight, though. Yeah, yeah. I I um I before I dive into the story, I'll give you just a, a brief little little roadmap, if you will. Um, you know, and so, I would, and I know you would. Um, you know, our our I'm back back on with number five, but you know, we're our twisty turny romance is about to take. Another tailspin. Um, this actual episode, this episode's a hard one for me to talk about in some ways because I kind of go through some stuff myself. Um, spoiler alert, I end up in the hospital. Um, and it, it's just one of those 
things that it's just hard to talk about with people because – not because I have a lot of personal feelings about it, but I think because other people do. So don't worry. We're going to get into that. Well, don't worry. I don't have any feelings about it besides (laughs) – uh, I think you're awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I've also heard it so many times, but but it's been a while. So now it's like like the very first time. Exactly. Exactly. Like a virgin with the story. Yeah. Touched for the very first time. Um, but yeah, no, I I think this story is interesting because it it's like I don't have hang ups about it. Um, but yeah, I think it like what I've realized in like actually writing it is it it creates intrigue in my life, you know? So like Absolutely. I think it's one of those stories that it, like it it adds some interest because it can all be fun and games, right, Olivia? It can't all be fun and games, Mariah. No, it can't. And also, I would agree with you that it's an experience that adds a lot of texture that definitely forms part of your character that I assume has made you a more interesting person. Didn't know you very well before it, mm-hmm. but No, I know. think it's I think it's totally made me a more interesting person. Um, but now we're getting very in the weeds with the foreshadowing. We can analyze yeah. a bit. Um, I'm just going to jump in. Jump right in, baby. So, you know, number five and I. Um, now, keep in mind, we're on number eight. I'm dating number five. So we have a couple dicks between us at this point. <laughs> and yet, here we are, you know, somehow. Like, <laughs> number five is like, sign me up, baby. I'm, re- I'm ready for this. <laughs> And I kind of – I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I kind of felt like, all right, now we're even. Like, you were a dick to me. Like, first I was – I don't know. There's just – who knows what came first. Right. For y'all <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have time for the scorecard. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't have time for the scorecard. But I, I kind of feel like things are sort of even because he, like, was – emotionally distant and then told me he wasn't sure he loved me anymore so we broke up then he walked in on me sleeping with someone else so it's like I mean we weren't we weren't fucking right to sleep so I'm like all right cool well now I feel like playing field leveled um you know so we we really did enjoy each other's company a lot um but our relationship kind of did this thing I mean we're we felt very comfortable around each other I think um and we were definitely very like capital L like we love each other um and we clearly wanted each other but it was we kind of had these periods of intensity and once the intensity wore off I always kind of felt myself feeling sort of like alone in the relationship and I didn't know how to express it and I didn't know like why that was the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for example, like I'd go to his house, we'd have dinner or he'd come to my house or whatever. You know, we'd talk or whatever. We'd have sex and then like he'd roll over and fall asleep. And I realized uh-huh. that in all relationships, that's the case. I mean, that's the case in my current relationship <laughs> too. I mean, you got to sleep, you got to eat, you got to – and you, you at a certain point, you're both living your lives like together, uh, like in the same room basically, but like separately, you know? It's like – Wherever of you course. go, there you are. But for some reason, like, I just felt emotionally alone in that relationship. I think it was just, like, there – he just would go through periods. Like, it was, like, we had a lot of intensity, and I was, like, wow, I feel really loved. And then I, I'd feel like he was more distant. And, you know, who knows how much of that was him and how much of that was me. Um, he'd he kind of – he was just – involved in a lot of things too and he was like I don't know if I'd want to call him like an overachiever but he was just always doing things and he was like you know throwing parties and like 
being into he was into like brewing his own beer and um he had like kind of which built. in Missoula makes you very popular. It you makes know. you very That's, popular. Yeah. <laughs> so so freaking true. He like I don't know, he'd kind of built this community too while I was sort of like muddling around figuring my shit out like, you know, traveling slash wishing I was traveling. And <laughs> um, the two modes for us. <laughs> yeah. I felt like he just like kind of created all these like relationships in in the environmental space, which was like very trendy. And I think a lot of what this kind of feeling alone sort of came down to is like I, A, didn't really know who I was. Like B, didn't feel like I really fit into his world. And like C, was just kind of bored. Um, I think, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to have you like weigh in on this, but I feel like this feeling comes back to me every single time I'm like back in Missoula in a way. It's like I just don't know how mm. to just sit with myself, you know? I'm like mm-hmm. – I'm like – Yeah, I think we've called it wallowing at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Everyone else around me seems pretty content. Um well, yeah, I think I, you know, and I don't think we want to shit on on Missoula anymore yeah, than, than we already have, um, because <laughs> it's it, no, because it's it doesn't come from anything. It's not about Missoula. It's about us just uh, feeling a bit like outsiders there. But that's probably the case with any um, close knit community. You go and then you come back, and it's just you don't fit. You just you don't slip right back in. Yeah, I think. And and that's probably the case for just a lot of people. When you go home, everyone else has kind of moved on with their lives. And I suppose you're not back for a visit in this case. You're living there and you are in a relationship. And so you probably are wondering what the hell is going on. But Yeah, I think it's hard. I... I don't know what's missing. Like, I almost kind of feel like that right now in my life right now with Austin. Um, I know right. Austin's a cool city and I know that there's a lot to do here, but I don't feel very interested or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like challenged. And, you know, part of it is I've been like really busy. I think that was the other thing with Missoula is like, you know, I was a student and I didn't have that much money and, you know, I was like kind of limited in certain ways. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't want to shit on Missoula because I've spent a lot of time like I I do really like Missoula and I've spent a lot of time, I think, trying to be happy there. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like for a lack of liking the place. And it, yeah, similar, like I, li- I like Austin, but it's almost like there's something kind of missing there that I sort of need in my life, like a sense of maybe chaos or just mm, surprise mm. you know yeah yeah it's yeah it's interesting I think uh Portland and and Austin and Missoula and maybe a little bit I don't know Olympia Washington Asheville <laughs> North Carolina I mean there's kind of a consortium right of places like yeah. this and I I not 100% sure if it's just a personality thing. Like it might just not jive. Yeah. So, so anyway, I think, um, yeah, I think there's a lot, a little, a lot going on for me at the time. It wasn't just about him, but I also think that he was a bit distant, you know? So I think that was kind of going on. Um, fall turned into winter and the darkness came. Um, that's with a capital T, capital D. Um, that's the time in Missoula last roughly three months. Um, there's only about three hours of sunlight per day. Um, that's just a rough estimation. (laughs) And 
It's just it's like really cold, really dark. And, and it's indirect sunlight. I mean, it's through the a dense layer of clouds. So just it's not yeah. really even. Yeah, exactly. It's like filter. Anyways. It's like, yeah. right. anyway. All right. All right. Sorry. Cutting us off. <laughs> Bringing up some feelings. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, so um. yeah. So we you're were there like, in the darkness. Yeah, we were spending a lot of time like watching movies at our friend's house and just kind of like – escapism at its finest um and I think I just was just feeling I'm 20 you know I'm 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 kind of I'm about to be like um a junior I guess maybe I am maybe this is my junior year I forget but like I'm like you know getting a bit older and I'm kind of like probably wondering a bit like what am I doing with myself and I know for sure that I was like who the fuck am I a little bit like I'm like what what is my thing because especially because number five like he had his thing and that was like kind of a tension throughout our whole relationship was like I really wanted to just get messy with it and like figure out who I was and try new things and experience life. Um, yeah. And I think having grown up in a small town, I just was like had just this deep hunger for that that was like kind of insatiable. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So when I tell people about like ending up in the hospital um, and even the part where I have an accidental drug overdose, it sounds – really bad and everyone's like holy shit like were you an addict were you suicidal were you severely depressed and to be totally honest I wasn't any of those things this was like my third time ever ingesting drugs (laughs) wow yeah I was with one of my friends who had been who was like currently staying at a hotel because her apartment was being renovated and her brother was like here do a couple lines of this and I had done cocaine one time and I'd done molly one time and so I was like, okay, like it Last worked out episode. fine. Yeah, worked out fine those previous times. Um, and so I was like, okay, sure. And it actually didn't even really like question like what the drug was. And it turned out that it was this Russian designer drug called like Zanazepam. I don't even know to this day what it is because I kind of have this weird feeling about it now where like I like don't want to know. If that makes sense. Okay. Like, sure. Like I'm kind yeah, like, of like I it just creeps me out to even think about it actually because it was such a horrible that had such a horrible reaction to it. And basically what happened was like I don't know if it was like the quantity I sorted, maybe it was the drug itself or the fact that I was also drinking when I took it, but like I completely blacked out. I don't remember anything after that moment. And I woke yeah. up in the hospital with my mom sitting next to me and wow. I think it was like a whole couple of days later. Um, So I I had apparently passed out in the hotel lobby, um, which is a terrible thing to realize that you did. And it's it's super embarrassing. Um, I think that's that there is some Mm. probably some shame around some of these instances. But overall, the experience wasn't like it wasn't like basically what I'm saying is I don't think that drugs like doing drugs themselves is is a bad thing. And it comes with this bad rap, you know, Um, I don't know. I'm I'm getting lost in my well, own sure. words here. Well, yeah. There's a bad rap. I think that's I think that's fair to say, but I it's funny. I feel so um far from it. <laughs> I, I just I don't really live in a world where drugs are bad to be per- like to be perfectly honest. So yeah. I I totally get that people have had really bad reactions to the story, but to me it just seems like oh, that's a shitty thing that happened to you like if you had been in any other kind of accident like fuck oh no exactly yeah and that's how I feel about it because it's like 
I, I feel like I've never had – I guess my point I'm trying to make is I don't think I've ever had a problematic relationship with drugs. So um, you just want to set the record straight. And yeah. I want to set the record straight and say even if you do have a problem with drugs, not you, Mariah, just in general, that's also okay. Because oh, there's yeah, a lot absolutely. of people in my life, you know, who I love and who are addicts. And it's like – you know what I mean? We don't have to have so much shame about it. Like I, I know you're not. That's all you're saying. But no, you know, that's it's, not at all what I'm saying. I'm I, sorry that people like have had a bad reaction to this story because it's just like to me, it's just like an interesting and crazy story. Yeah, and, and you're totally because right. and you haven't even really told it yet. But oh yeah, I haven't even I haven't even really told it. <laughs> um, I mean that's kind of as far as I get into with what happened because to be honest, I don't remember anything else. I'll tell you more about like the effects of it. Um, but yeah, I also I also want to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with having had those struggles, you know, um, and and yeah. like to go through those experiences. That's I'm sure like something that's also um, that somebody would also come out of and say that shaped me to be who I am today. So it's like it's part of my life. It's part of my story. We all have to like own um, our past and and realize that it can be beneficial. Um, you know, yeah. even if it was hard at the time. Um, so yeah, so no shade at all to anybody who struggled with that. I think the reason I bring it up is because I struggled with that question for a long time of uh-huh. like, do I have a problem or like, why did that happen? Or, you know, was it my fault? Right. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so I think it, I did a sure. lot of like unpacking of that. And I think, um, yeah. And just to kind of get into like all the stuff that happened after that, you know, my family and friends were extremely worried about me. I, it took a month right. to fully leave my system. And I was manic for a month. Um, and my friends were yeah. like, I mean, it was just like a weird time. My, I had friends who told me later that they would like look at, look in my eyes and they'd be like, is she ever going to be the same again? Basically, because wow. I, was just, right. I was just crazy. And I think that's the part that, that makes me kind of have all these like caveats is like, is just to kind of illustrate, I don't feel like this was my fault. It just happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just like, yeah, hey, yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of guilt and yeah, some like shame because everyone knew about it. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah because and, you really had this um, effect that was, that lasted a, a long time. And I do remember this period of, of time because of our, our mutual friends uh, telling me about it. And yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely a big deal at the time. It was, yeah, it was very much a big deal. Um, so yeah, so how did the mania like manifest? It was, it was really crazy. I was like super just like high basically. <laughs> like I was just like, yeah. um, I was very forgetful. <laughs> I just was like, but I'm very enthusiastic. I, I, don't rem- I remember like not having an appetite, but I, I don't know um, if if that was like the thing that made me lose a lot of weight. But I I just dropped like twenty pounds like instantly. Wow. I think it was like my body was in shock more so because I remember like not eating as much just because I was forgetful and like you know just a high person basically. <laughs> like, right, you know, right. You don't need to eat. Yeah, but I do remember <laughs> just being extremely happy and I saw the world with like this kind of sparkle that I that had sort of been yeah. missing. So like I've painted the scene before of this kind of I don't know if I'd call it depression, but I was just bored and a little bit like listless, you know? Right. Um and then now all of a sudden like just the world was this amazing beautiful place to me and I did re- these really crazy things like bought all these eccentric clothes at a thrift store and um for example I bought like <laughs> five pairs of shoes that didn't fit. <laughs> 
I was obsessed with decorative boxes. I remember I told my mom about it and she brought kind of all these little decorative boxes for the house, like just as this like little gift to me. And I was like, oh my God, I was so excited. And my family was like, (laughs) they were like, I think for one thing, it was like kind of funny because I was such a crazy biatch. But I think at the same time, they were like, what is happening? What? And yeah. I, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I I do really. I think um, the thing I really dealt with later was was uh, the shame I ended up dealing with later was was I did feel really bad to put my family through that because my brothers were extremely sure. worried, especially and my older brother, especially who I'd always been like pretty tight with. Um, I think he was kind of he was like kind of mad that I had been that yeah. like that reckless, and I think just I think it just like hurt my family that they like had to go through that worry basically um my right. mom on the flip side though um who my mom and i fought uh, a lot when i was you know kind of in my early 20s she was honestly yeah. like the best she was like she just didn't judge me she was like very caring and like there for me and you know she she was definitely Aww. yeah she was not judgmental about it so um anyway but it was hard because i think my family was like does she have a problem you know that was like the question they're like is she like, right what? right what the fuck? yeah um, <laughs> and i can see the whole thing of what you said before of like is she going to get back to being normal mariah i mean yeah. what did, did the doctors say anything about the doctors told me that basically it was just like the it was basically just a half life. So every day I'd have half as much of the drug in my system. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was this concept of half life that like you just have to wait it out. They're like there's nothing we can do. I so I have no memory basically of like being in the hospital cuz like that was the early days of of this drug overdose like I completely just like blacked out and then I like slowly have more and more memories of of what what it was right. like. Um, and I, I thought about like going back to the hospital or doctor and like just being like asking some questions after the fact and just being like, so what happened again? Um, but then I just I kind of right. just like made the decision not to revisit it. I was like, OK, I'm fine. They they had told my parents like she's going to be fine. You know, she just the drug has to like leave her system. Basically, she's going to be a little weird okay, for a while, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, weirdly, no follow-up appointment, like, nothing, you know. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, they weren't like, yeah, we That's need to crazy. see her in, like, five days. They were just like, they just, like, let me loose in the world. And I think it was one of those things that I just wanted to avoid thinking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. I was like, all right, I'm just going to move on. Um, yeah, so, like, one thing I will say about this is that, um, the thing that's hard to explain is that this was actually a really amazing time in my life. Like this, I basically, the thing like, um, sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. It brought out this like kind of outgoing, creative, emotional, like wacky side of myself that like I hadn't really hmm. been channeling in a while. Like I think, yeah. I think, and I think this might well, be Well, that's what drugs are for, right? <laughs> Seriously, I think that this might have been – it wasn't number five's fault, I want to stress, but I think just being around number five, I'd always – I'd sort of – I wanted to, like, be more like him and, like – and also, like, the people around me who were, like, more chill. And also this gets back to the Missoula thing, but, like, I think I did want to, like, be eccentric and weird and, like, go do random shit and, like, just I wanted, like, 
wacky, weird. I don't know. It's it's like really hard yeah. to explain. I wanted some excitement in my life, basically. And I'm like, here you go. We got some. You got some excitement. Um and so, yeah yeah right <laughs> so my family made me go to therapy and I remember the therapist told me that I was opening up my existential lens um which is a phrase that I really liked and I kind of glomped onto that phrase and I was like existential lens it was nice it was nice um so um I feel a little bit bad about how this sort of went down but I remember. One day I came home and I was like, number five, I can't be with you. I just like had this like aha moment and I was just like, well, you know, he'd been kind of taking care of me, like making sure I was eating and, you know, so I I feel bad because he obviously cared for me and I for him. But I just had this realization like I'm this person. You don't get me when I'm around you. I can't be myself basically. And so I broke up with him and then honestly, like I – didn't feel like the come down from that. Like I was like, I mean, and at this point I was more sane. Like this was like toward the end of like the mania. Um, okay. But even as like the mania kind of slowed down and dissipated like over time, I was like, okay, that was the right decision. Cause I just felt like I had felt this feeling of like, this is the real me. Like the real me is like in here somewhere, which sounds crazy because I wow. was on drugs, but I felt like it brought out this real me. And, um, yeah, and this is, like, where number eight comes in. Number eight was a friend of a friend. Um, He was just a year younger and apparently had this, like, crush on me for a little while. And so, you know, he was the perfect victim to (laughs) to unleash my – But, yeah, like, you know, I don't remember a ton of details. I think we were, like, hanging out um, with a mutual friend together and then went back to my house for, like, a glass of wine or something. And, you know, one thing led to another. We had sex. It was pretty mediocre, I remember, um, and I was just kind of like lying there on my back, and I felt like this feeling of, like, it, it was like the experience was a thrill, like not like the sex, right. you know, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like totally, yes. It, it was. I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is like exciting and like fun and different, but like I don't like feel bad, you know. Like I felt like good. Like I felt powerful. That makes sense. Why? Sorry. Why would you have felt bad? Or sorry, maybe I didn't understand you. Well, no, no, not that I would have felt bad, but just, um, like, just I, I think it was me kind of realizing that sex was like a way to get excitement, like that hooking up with like new and different people could be this like set, right. sort of exploration, if that makes sense. Right. And in and of itself, independent of the actual sex. Exactly. And like, I didn't feel like. And when I say I didn't feel bad, I think what I'm saying is I didn't feel emotionally dependent on the situation. Like, I felt like I'm fine, you know, like whatever happens, I'm (laughs) fine. But this is just kind of interesting and fun, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, and I I felt like the sense of just feeling powerful. Like, I knew he wanted me, but I also knew that I didn't want anything from him other than just this experience. And I remember, like, lying on my back and I was thinking, like, this is my existential lens, you know? And I wrote a poem about it. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of like where I'll leave the story. You know, I felt, I I think I, at this time in my life, like I still felt lost, but at least I was lost with someone that I felt that I could feel that I truly loved, which is myself. And I felt like connected Hmm. to myself. Like I felt like I discovered how to be happy. I discovered that like you can be happy. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, really though, I mean, it's kind of amazing just the whole experience. This is why I love the story about 
the drug overdose because it just kind of it was like what your therapist said it was gave you a new um perspective on your own existence it allowed you to see yourself for the first time or in a new way or something and I do think that that can happen around that time you know your early 20s yeah. you get that first whiff of like whoa here I am and sometimes through drugs sometimes drugs are what take you there first and I think that's yeah. what drugs are for um and also through travel kind of like your story about going to Spain as well I think you know yeah. was giving you also an, a kind of a glimpse into that but I also love the whole thing about having sex with someone and just being in love with your experience of the sex you know yeah as opposed to being super wrapped up in this other person and what does he think and what is he going to tell me and uh what does this mean and la 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 just yep. kind of thinking no this is a totally self-contained ex- experience just for me yeah yeah I mean it's I think at the time I rationalized it like after the fact um as like because I I kind of knew immediately like this has been actually a positive thing in my life um and I kind of rationalized it I think at the time of saying oh because I realized like how precious life is or something (laughs) you know what I mean like like, oh because I like had this like you know scary experience basically but actually I look back at it now and I definitely think it was part of the mania that made it feel that positive in a way And, and you're right it's like drugs do they free you of, of kind of this, like, feeling that you have um, just of holding yourself back and just trying to be a certain person. So, like, would I have yeah. – w- like, would I have wished a drug overdose on myself? I don't know that I needed to have a drug overdose to experience that, but that is what my life was. And, you know, sometimes I, I like, I think about it and I'm like, oh, well, what if I decided to, like – what if I, like, pursued that – kind of true self earlier and and like listen to myself when I was like well I'm not happy in Missoula and just like left or you know just stuff like that right um but I'm like no this is definitely this is my story and this is how it happened and um yeah yeah, I think I think that it it like it it reminded me who I was at my core and it like you know it's a feeling that I will carry with me and I still think that like like having that glimpse into myself and like that feeling of like who I am when you know you take away all these like boundaries basically um yeah it's just nice to have that yeah absolutely So that's my um, pretty eventful number eight story. And yeah, I'm excited to get into the the dirty details of your number eight story. A classic. A classic of the genre, indeed. Um, I'll start out with a brief recap of number seven, even though we talked about it, touched on it briefly already. Um, Basically, as I... I'm figuring out who I am as a single lady. 
<laughs> and uh, just having graduated from college and had a big ass breakup and um, sleeping around. And I moved from my mom's basement to Portland, Oregon. And I uh, moved in with some friends from high school. And um, yeah, that's that's where that's where you find me now. Um, I think I'm just, like I was saying before, I'm just starting to feel kind of normal again after this breakup with um, number one. And I, you know, it's one of those things where I had just been so depressed Um and had never had my heart broken like that, blah, blah, blah. But I think that the move to Portland really helped. Because um, you might think that it would sort of make me regress, like going back to the city where I met number one and fell in love with him and all this shit. But in fact, I mean, living in Southeast Portland compared to where I had gone to high school, I mean, it was totally different. I had always from my little suburban adolescence from that vantage point I had always wanted to go back to Portland as an adult and like go to the bars and ride a fixie and uh I actually had a vintage twin but like you know what I mean and um <laughs> like roll my own cigarettes and make Portland weird or whatever the fuck I mean it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Missoula it um it's felt like a big, a bigger Missoula in a lot of ways. And so it was easy to feel comfortable there. And it was also kind of, um, a whole new thing, even though I'd lived there before. So it was cool. I was also having a lot of fun with my friends. Um, a lot of the same people from high school, honestly, but we had all changed. We'd all been through a lot of shit. Um, there was no one playing lacrosse. There was no one trying out for the lacrosse team. There was no one tailgating at a lacrosse game. So, you know, in that way, it was just like a whole a whole new thing. And I was I was definitely into it. And um, uh, it's kind of within this fun time of giving some of the fewest fucks as, that I've ever given in my life. Just working at a cocktail bar, living in a bungalow that's under construction. Um just because it's cheap rent and we're basically squatting there um a yeah, friend of I, mine from i like remember i just want to interject i actually knew you in this yeah. period and that is very accurate i feel like you were really channeling that i give no fucks like you did a great <laughs> job of it it came across thank you super it came across very genuine <laughs> This is true. Yeah, we hung out in Portland because you would move uh, move there shortly shortly after after I got there. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was if if it was having graduated and really feeling not a ton of pressure to get get things moving. I really wanted to enjoy life. I think and. Um, and maybe it was coming out of this relationship too with someone who, you know, was super ambitious and like a real go-getter. And then um, again, maybe kind of defining myself still by what he was not, you know, I was like, okay, well, yeah. I have my own path and I'm going my own way mm -hmm. and it's going to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I am in the midst of all this when my friend from college hits me up uh he's still on the east coast 
and but he wants to come out to Portland to see me, um, which is exciting for a couple of reasons. One, because he's my friend, um, and also <laughs> because <laughs> I've uh, wanted to have sex with him for many moons. He's definitely securely on that list of people that I wanted to fuck while I was in a relationship with number one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, that list. Everyone's got that, one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even though number one and I would sometimes open up the relationship and stuff, um, he, I think, just kind of always knew me as number one's girlfriend and it yeah. never really happened, even though I think there was a mutual attraction. Um, and also, right, that um, you got a really sad kitty. <laughs> He's upset. He's very, very angry that I'm spending all this quality time with you and not with him. I would be angry too. I totally get it. Um, (laughs) I just felt like we shouldn't act like crazy people. Like it's not happening. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I like fed him. I gave him some cat. um, Yeah. Yeah. Some treats and, you know. Yeah. He's just having his feelings. Yeah. He, who would we to tell him he can't have them? I mean, look at what we're doing. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So this friend um, had a crush on him and he had, I think I was actually going to make a move uh, during my last semester of college when number one and I were in an open relationship. But right then he got together with this girl and it was just, you know, one of those kind of ships in the nights things. And um, I actually, when he called me telling me that he was going to come out and visit, he was still with her or I was at least under that impression. So I was kind of not entirely sure what the visit was going to be about, but I was hopeful it would be about trying to at gauge least some one motives. thing in particular. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a long way to travel. He was like, I have these frequent flyer miles I got to use up. And I was like, okay, yeah, come out. Sure, I mean, if they're just going to go to waste. Yeah, exactly. We don't want that. (laughs) I mean, goodness. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, also at this time, uh, someone else uh, shows up for dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. What is that line? Guess who's coming over for for dinner? Well, whatever. Yeah. Please cut this out. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Around the same time, uh, number one also <laughs> shows up in town, and it's like, oh, okay, yes. hello, yeah. oh my god. So what? Right. And you hadn't seen him since. He's like, so I have not seen him since the big betrayal. New Correct. girlfriend, not in tow. I'm guessing, right? Right. So I had heard that him and Little Miss Rebound had split up. Um, obviously, slutty face. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry, but like, no. Okay, no shade on this girl, but like she invited her mom to a birthday party when she knows that you're going to be there. I'm sorry, but like who does this bitch think she is? It was out of pocket, (sighs) at least. Um, Yeah. So, right. So that is the big betrayal that I'm referencing. And he is back in town to – see his parents for Thanksgiving and he hits me up like we should get lunch okay um 
keep in mind, I love this human, this person. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's get lunch. I'm like, I'm still sad. I don't fucking know. I'm just like, I'm all over the place, you know? You know, news, fl- news flash, it takes a lot longer than one month for every year you've been together. <laughs> like, I'm sure you had some feelings for yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to, not to disappoint anyone who's like trying to get over someone fast, but just – takes for fucking ever so there we are we're having lunch it's kind of awkward um on the ride home he picks this really weird fight with me um about it's just so absurd it's about how they should cut funding for the national endowment of the arts instead of for the national science foundation Oh yeah, but just shots fucking hurts, fired. You know? Shots fucking fired. This guy knows what he's fucking doing over here. He's- Dude, totally. Mm, I wouldn't let yeah. that slide either. <laughs> I, you know, and I think it's like how I was talking about in the. I think it was it's number six about. How, I know, right? Can you imagine? This is. It's truly embarrassing. Well, for him, I mean, I didn't yeah. bring it up, but like. <laughs> Just about how we had become these two-dimensional characters in our own relationship. It was kind of ridiculous. Like, just a f- it, it made me feel so sick inside, honestly, when he said this to me because I knew exactly what he was doing. And I didn't actually take the bait, if I remember correctly. I may be remembering it in a better light than, than mm. I should. But I think it just made me think of all the times that I had sort of fallen for that and kind of made him let him make me feel a little inferior or something it really touched a nerve I remember going back to my house and crying uh like with my roommate who's one of my best friends and um just being really upset by the whole thing and thinking maybe I had made a mistake staying with him for so long and what was what it had had it really meant and so you know I I was just in a a bit of a weird place and he being around was just kind of killing my vibe (laughs) yeah seriously it sounds like it he comes in with his like science like steam rolling all over your like good time in Portland you know exactly exactly it was totally get out of town seriously inappropriate totally inappropriate (laughs) I think maybe to sort of make up for this or not at all don't know uh he invites me out to a live taping of the moth uh, which is a storytelling podcast uh, that he knows I like it's probably funded by the national endowment of the arts now that he was really he was really slumming it he was like (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it's like oh I know what you'll I love taking such a harsh stance against people I've never met. I'm sorry, number one. You know I love you, though, because you're so cute. But It's so cute. I know, he's like, oh, my God. It's just so dumb. But the thing is, is that when you're at this point with someone, shit is dumb. You know, everything yeah. is so fucking petty. Agreed. Um, and so, you know, we go to the show, and even though I don't really feel like going, but I know that my friend – the one who's coming to visit from Philly, he's going to be arriving that night. So I'll have to pick him up at the airport and it'll be an easy out. So I agreed to go. And as we're walking out of the theater, um, number one launches into this whole speech about how 
he just wants us to be good and that the whole thing with Little Miss Rebound was a mistake and he, they're not together anymore and he was just trying to way to uh, try to find a way to get over me and not feel what he was feeling about us breaking up and that he really hopes that now we can just be together when we're together which is a confusing statement because of how he's acted I mean let's just for those who didn't hear the previous episode I just want to mention this guy told me three weeks after we ended a seven year long relationship that he wasn't going to tell me that he loved me anymore because he was telling someone else so what the fuck dude so he's trying to go back to like what you guys had basically which was like don't ask don't tell but like we're together you're together when you're in the same place when we're together yeah and there was no doubt about that because that was the exact language that we would always use that was kind of our our shortcut to being like okay well we're together when we're together back when we you know we're in a relationship and so I just kind of stop and look at him and say well I'm sorry that you treated me so badly that I had to get over you but no it's not gonna happen and he was just kind of like Jesus and uh, I was like, yeah, I've got to go. I've got to go pick up someone at the airport and who he knows. I tell him who it is. And um, he's like, wait, he's coming all the way out here to see you for the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, OK, bye. And so <laughs> go to the airport. Mic drop. <laughs> A little appreciation for that mic drop moment, though. I mean, that's got to feel good. I mean, I mean, for those of you who haven't heard the whole story, like, this guy was a fucking idiot to you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. like, sorry, number one, but, you know, you were just like, you were a bit of a, you were a bit of a dick. Um, yeah. You know, you did some dickish yeah. things. It doesn't make you a dick, but you did some dickish things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not mad, but we are disappointed. We're not but, mad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no, took a harsh no, stance. Totally. No, no, no. You, yeah, you got to. I mean, I had to too. I think the only my my only hesitation is that weirdly enough, I remember my emotional state at this point as like being sad to hurt him. Kind of, it gave me no joy. Weirdly enough, I kind of wish it had for my sake, but yeah, I didn't feel vengeful. I just felt kind of horrible about everything like I kind of regretted Mm -hmm. that we had been together as long as we had I regretted the way it had ended I was regretting hurting him everything just felt icky and so it was with no like small amount of relief that I get in the car and I go to the airport and that there's this guy waiting there and uh his name's number eight and so we're super excited to see each other. We go back to my house, smoke some weed on the porch. We're catching up. He asked me about number one. I'm like, well, we broke up, which I mean, he knew that. And yeah. I asked about his girlfriend and he's like, oh, she's studying abroad in Copenhagen, which I mean, I knew that. So <laughs> that's settled. <laughs> and so we kiss and um, like, just like Ooh. promptly afterward, like. Like, same, same yeah. convo? Okay, all right. You're like, let's right. establish that we're both single. Yeah. 
like okay cool so this is kosher um no i don't know i'm sure there was like some other conversation in between or maybe not i don't know i remember giving him shit like so this is why you flew across the country and he was like Mm no i just want to hang out but this is a bonus yeah um he accidentally flipped over the ashtray uh, which, of course, like, this is a party house. This ashtray probably had, like, three pounds of ash in it. <laughs> and it just goes everywhere, and the whole blanket gets filled up. And uh, I'm, like, laughing because, like, whatever. And I look over at him, and he just looks so distraught. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And that's kind of when I realized, like, oh, he really wants this day, like, happen and go well he's a little Mm. bit nervous and it kind of made me feel tender towards him I guess or tender is that the word I don't know it just kind of made me feel like oh okay yeah that's funny um and kind of sweet humanized him a little bit yeah exactly because he's a cool kid Mm um or at least that's what I thought then anyways so (laughs) I (laughs) coincided him (laughs) and um and we're like getting busy and I it's weird I still have this weird concern that I was gonna do it wrong which I mean to recap like okay number one whatever number two enough said number three not exactly reliable he's the one that just wanted me to take plan b number four didn't actually get it in because I didn't want to stretch out my vagina Number five, just gave him head. Number six, came in his pants. Number seven, I was blackout drunk. So it's like I've had a lot of sex, but 99% of it has been with one person. And Mm, I think I'm still – something about doing it with a friend, I'm like, this is going to be the moment that everyone finds out that I don't know how to do it. It's weird. Oh, It was a weird anxiety that I had. I mean, I can see that, like, especially if, like, it's, yeah, you're so young and, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, sorry, not you're so young, but um, you started dating with number one when you were so young. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was so, so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably made you better, though, but, FYI. Like, I mean. Yeah. Well, who knows? I, I, I think I kind of remember the sex being – like, I just wasn't really in my body. Like, I think I was kind of floating up above the scene, like, sort of like a referee at a wrestling match. Like, don't, no, okay, just, just, just like, very in my head about it. I don't know. It was weird. Um, and so, you know, it was okay. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't number eight's fault or anything. If it was, if it was, like, not mind-blowing, I was just in a weird, I think, yeah, space about it. Um and then the next day, though, things are are really nice, very platonic feeling um, mm-hmm. and kind of like, OK, so we're friends, but we're going to fuck. OK, again, this is also a new thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. And we're Feels weird at first. Yeah, I just like, OK, so now we're just going to be like buddy, buddy. And then when does it? change or should we touch during the day when we're like at the rose garden or whatever I don't know I don't really know how to act (laughs) and so I know what you mean yeah um we go home and uh we there's a party at my house surprise and uh number one is there 
again, surprise. I'm super worried about him, about number one feeling weird. Don't know why. Uh, but I remember giving number eight a pep talk, like, okay, so don't be handsy or whatever. And he's like, I'm don't want to get in the middle of this. This is just really fucking weird. Um, <laughs> and so he's like super chill and whatever, but almost too chill. Uh, a friend asks him, wow, again, this question keeps coming up, but wow. So you flew all the way out here for the weekend just to see Olivia. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I had some frequent flyer miles to use up, and it's like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. He's, you got to use those things. Yeah, you can't just let those go to waste, yeah, I guess. I think it was just, it was a bit of like a, oh, okay, so you are playing it super cool right now, I guess. It, that's how it felt. It felt a bit... Um, because I remember number one wasn't there when he said that. And so it wasn't, and maybe he was, you know, getting a lot of mixed messages. Like, don't touch me. Don't, because my yeah. ex-boyfriend's here again. Why the fuck do I care? But I guess in the moment, the way I experienced it was like, it was a bit insulting, I suppose, just because we had been sleeping together. Uh, for I know him to you just mean. make it all about frequent flyer miles. Yeah. You know? He's but, like, oh, okay. Well, you were like the exact, yeah. Like, I don't know. That that is very annoying. That's very annoying. I would say, like, it's just—it was it, weird. Yeah, it feels weird. It feels like you're—he's reducing you to, you know, a convenience in in a way. You know, exactly. Yeah, totally. I'm sure that wasn't um, like the intention, but you know, right? Yeah, it's just like thinking about how things sound and whatever. I don't know. So you know, the next yeah. day, take him to the airport, and we're like. Um, you know, just one of those weird goodbyes that you have where you're like, see you one day in some place. Thanks for coming in my vagina, you know? And, um, you know, <laughs> he would come to request my hospitality again in the future. So it's, you know, it's odd. <laughs> the thing yeah, is odd. it is. It's, I think to say the least, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, we're getting into Flacco territory now, aren't we? Like where there's, oh, there's yeah, more Flacco we'll hear from. Yeah. So. This is oh yeah. A yeah, recurring yeah. theme. Totally. Yeah. Major Flacco behavior. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number eight. Baby, if you want me, come and get me, I swear I'll make it easy on my eyes. Thanks for listening to What's Your Number. This episode was produced by Moshe and O.H. Greenwood. Our theme music is by No Fancy. Learn more about the podcast at our website, whatsyournumberpod.com. Follow us on Instagram at whatsyournumberpod and on Twitter at therewasthisguy. If you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sexcapades.